we put some extra money to another game that was going on during that doubleheader, and it was Porto going against Storio. Um, I thought it was it was pretty interesting how Sergio Conceição, um, unlike a lot of unlike, for example, Nelson Verissimo, he did not heavily rotate his team, despite the fact that Porto had sealed the Primera Liga title the previous weekend with Zaidu Sanusi's 94th minute winner uh, at the Estadio de Luz against Benfica. Only one real uh, real change coming in the goalkeeper position. Uh, I think that probably this past weekend set a record for the amount of backup goalkeepers uh, who started. I, I know that Benfica, uh, Sporting, Braga, Famalicao, they all ended up going with their backup goalkeepers uh, for the final weekend. But uh, yeah, the only player who, who actually was, who has been a bench player and who got a start was Claudio Ramos, um, has been third choice since joining on a free transfer uh, in 2020, been uh, backup to both Diogo Costa and Agustin Marquesin. Um, and it's, it's funny because just uh, uh, nearly three years to this date, um, Claudio Ramos made five saves in a 1-1 draw against Sporting and started the following match uh, for Tondela against Chavez to, uh, to, to secure their safety on the final day of the season. And on the exact same day that Claudio Ramos makes his first league appearance uh, for Porto since joining in 2020, Tondela get relegated. Um, so I, I don't know. I, th- I thought that was kind of funny. I do. I do feel like Claudio Ramos should leave though, because he is a quality keeper. He maybe didn't show that against the Storio. Uh, yes, he kept a clean sheet, but I didn't think that Storio really put him under too much pressure. But uh, yeah, I, I do feel like Claudio Ramos and Augustine Marquesin will both be looking for a transfer this summer. Uh, Diogo Costa has had a really had an iron grip on that goalkeeper spot this season. And uh, I would expect both of them to seek transfers. Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, I believe that Claudio Ramos um, is too good to be third keeper, regardless of his club, whether Sporting or Porto. Uh, he's relatively young. He's only 30, 30 years of age, which is, uh, which is young for a goalkeeper because we know that goalkeepers can play up to the age of 40 at the highest level. So... Having having spent uh, two seasons just on the bench, I believe that is the right time for him to go out and play. Uh, let's highlight that he did reach a level of international player, uh, and he was at Tondela, so that shows that he has great great capacities. And I should believe I believe that we should be seeing Claudio Ramos play week and week after and not being uh, on the bench all the time. Sergio Conceição is a manager that he loves challenge. So the fact that he could set the record of 91 points, that could explain the fact why he still played uh, most of line of players and he didn't rotate such as Benfica. Sergio Sergio Conceição is is a manager that has that mentality, always looking for challenges. So is I prefer perfectly understand why he did want to use his best place and to break the record. Yeah, absolutely. Conceição, uh, Conceição's Porto. You know they they 
are one game away from clinching their fir- their their second league title in three years. But I think we can agree that this is probably the best Porto side since Andre Villas-Bosch was in charge, uh, clinching the league title. 29 wins, four draws, one loss, um, 91 points, uh, and a 64-goal differential. Absolutely insane stuff. Does Conceição get your vote for Coach of the Year? Yes, yes, Sergio Conceição is a manager that I, I'm a great fan of him because uh, what he did these five years in, in charge of Porto is absolutely sensational. Uh, he has less financial means than all the previous managers and he's doing equally a great job. Many times throughout the seasons, uh, Porto financial fragile situation has forced them to sell uh, crucial players this season with it in January, for example, uh, Tecatito Corona, Sergio Oliveira, and of course, the phenomenal Luis Diaz. They all uh, left in January, and Sergio Conceição still remained Porto at the highest level and did even finish the season in a better way. So, manager such as Conceição should always, always have praise. We know the Portuguese teams uh, in terms of uh, financial situation. It's hard <clears throat> to compete against great teams in Europe. However, Conceição has always shown that he's the man for the job. Last season, uh, he was the only team that managed to uh, win versus Chelsea. Uh, this season, despite not qualifying, uh, to the next stage, he did a great job winning versus AC Milan, having uh, great matches versus Atletico Madrid. So I believe that Conceição and Porto, they they are truly made for each other. And I admire this uh, manager. Yeah, that's why it's great to have you on. I know you are um, a sporting fan and a Rangers fan, but you can appreciate, you know, other other players, other coaches. Um, so yeah, Porto taking the lead after halftime via goal, via an own goal from Joelzinho, um, and yeah, and, and getting their second goal, uh, from a goal from Fernando Andrade. So we saw Conceição, uh, so obviously going for a strong lineup, but allowing Ruben Semedo, Fernando Andrade, Francisco Machado to make their season debuts in order to uh, proclaim themselves as championship as champions, I thought that was a nice touch. Fernando Andrade been a tough been a tough fuse for him. You know, joined from Porto in 2019, and it was kind of laughed off by Porto fans as this you know old Brazilian player who doesn't have quality, and you know has spent the past few years on loan in Saudi Arabia and Turkey. I believe spent spent the past few months injured, uh, but coming off and uh, coming off the bench and scoring a goal. Um, breaking down into tears and being mobbed by his teammates. I'm the farthest thing from a Porto fan, but I, but I'll, I'll admit I was definitely very touched by by Fernando's goal and by seeing that. I thought it was a very nice moment. <laughs> I believe, yeah, therefore I agree with you. Uh, Fernando Fernando Andrade is a sort of player that um, I like because he 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 came from lower teams. He played for Oriental, Penafiel, and he transferred. From Santa Clara to Porto, uh, same as uh, Zaidu. So he is a player that did not play for 
great teams in the past and it's difficult to meet the expectation of a club such as Porto. And this is why he went out on loan several times. And when he comes back, a serious injury to bounce back and still being able to be crowned as a champion. These are the sort of life stories that give inspiration to youngsters and for people who love to dream that anything can happen in life if you work hard and if you maintain uh, the momentum. So credit to uh, Fernando Andrade uh, after all this struggle, after all the criticism from many fans in football, it still shows that with character you can achieve great things in life. Absolutely. Fantastic message uh, for them. I'm curious, how do you compare Sergio Conceição and Ruben Amorim? I know that, you know, sporting is your club, but uh, I do feel like one thing that Amorim can learn from Conceição is squad management, okay? And I'm a big, I'm a big Ruben Amorim fan, but one of the things that I feel like he needs to improve on is squad management. Uh, recognizing that, you know, you don't just have a, a a team of you know 11 players you've got a team of 23 25 players and you need to give them opportunities and send the message to players that you know if you're underperforming uh you're you're not going to play i do feel like that's that's one thing that has cost him a bit i'm not saying it's the reason why uh sporting lost the title i think that uh it was a good season for sporting fact is porto were just better than them in the league but when you look at the, the 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 rotation, I feel like players such as maybe Pedro Gonçalves or Mateus Nunes, or you know, I don't want to single out players, but really, so many different players who uh, were were kind of allowed to get get away with substandard performances because of that lack of rotation. Curious if you share the same thoughts on Ruben Amorim. I I understand uh, I understand your points. Uh, I do see where you come from when you see the. Uh, perhaps Ruben Amorim should um, learn how to rotate more the, the squad. Um, let's let's just uh, highlight that Ruben Amorim is only his third or fourth season uh, as a manager. And of course, uh, he has room for improvement. We all agree that he's a top manager already, despite uh, being under 40 years old. Um, he will be world-class. and. He, fair enough if, if he makes some mistakes in terms of uh, rotating his squad, then yes, that's true that some players like such as Pedro Gonçalves or even Matias Nunes, uh, Paulinho and so on, sometimes they were not uh, the best form, but he still kept uh, them playing whilst uh, Sergio Cossessan is a different sort of manager. But I could explain that in many ways. Uh, for example, Sergio Cossessan, true that he rotates more, but also, because he has uh, better players uh, in the bench. Uh, when I look at the bench of Porto, I see international players such as Marco Gruic, I see uh, Ruben Smedo, I see um, also Fabio Cardoso. So, what players? Augustin Marchesin, the keeper from for Argentina, recently won the Copa America. They are on the bench. And if you look at Sporting's bench, you don't see uh, such 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 standard of of subs, uh, this could be one of the reasons that explains the lack of rotation. Um, I, I I agree with you because at uh, some point of the season I was also moaning why doesn't he rotate? Why doesn't he do that? Uh, Sergio Cossessão is a good example that he rotates the players, players that do not 
have a key role in the beginning. For example, um, Fabio Vieira or even Pepe, the, the winger, at the end of the season, they, they did have a, a key impact uh, on the team. Um, other, other elements that I could say that Ruben Amorim could perhaps improve is, I don't know, play with a different system. Because from from long time, we only see him with the same formation. Uh, Sergio Conceição is a player that has played in different manners. Uh, with Luis Diaz, the team played in one way. He left, he adapts the team to a different formation. So, yes, if I had to compare now both managers, I would say that Sergio Conceição is, uh, is an, on uh, on a higher higher level in terms of uh, managing uh, skills and his quality is above uh, Ruben Namuni. Let's let's move on to the final game of uh, Saturday's action. Sporting hosting Santa Clara uh, in the final game of the season. Bruno Tabata uh, opening the scoring just before the break. Pedro Porro and Pablo Sarabia adding to the scoring. And Marcus Edwards... Uh, finishing off that 4 nothing win with an absolute goal lasso. If you haven't yet, check out that goal. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, and a game that was perhaps marked by anything, by, by more than anything, with farewells. Uh, farewell to Pablo Sarabia, who uh, received the standing ovation in the 17th minute in honor of his 17 a shirt number. Um, I saw a sporting fan with a poster saying, let's, let's all... Uh, chip in 10 euros to pay Sarabia's uh, salary. But I'm curious where, where you stand on this, because Sarabia joining uh, joining Sporting on deadline day as part of the deal to, for, for Paris Saint-Germain to sign Nuno Menge, uh, joining on loan, um, I do think that he will return to Paris Saint-Germain. I, that, that is obvious. You know, whether the question is whether he returns to Sporting uh, on a permanent deal. Personally, I think he stays put at Paris Saint-Germain, uh, who are going to be losing Angel Di Maria and potentially killing Mbappe. And I think that he would be a, a fine reinforcement for them. And uh, I think he's been one of the best players in the Premier this season. Absolutely no doubt. But should Sporting sign him on a permanent deal? That is, I think, a, another question. Because, you know, you take away Sarabia, and I think... Yes, you take away a phenomenal player and, and Sporting's best player this season, but you also give opportunities for Marcus Edwards and Bruno Tabata to compete for a starting spot uh, with Pedro Gonçalves. Um, and, and I think that Edwards and Tabata, obviously they have a lot more resale value than Sarabia. They're both a lot younger. They've both shown <clears throat> what they can do with opportunities in recent weeks. And I feel like that's going to be a big reason why Sporting don't sign Sarabia on a permanent deal. You know, how do they replace him, though? I think that's that's another interesting question. Do they bring back Jovan Cabral? Manique, I know you're a big fan of Jovan, but he hasn't he hasn't played much at Lazio since joining on loan. Uh, do they bring in Francisco Trincao, currently rumored uh, to be for, for a reunion um, in, in Lisbon with, with Ruben Amorim? So we'll see what happens. I'm curious, where do you stand on Sporting's attacking situation? Yes, uh, Sporting attacking situation will therefore uh, change uh, a lot next season. Uh, we do, uh, Sarabia was a momentous player and he will not do that. He did contribute to many goals and assists 
uh, is a player that quite difficult to replace. Uh, none of us were expecting him to end up in sporting. So it's fair to say that it was, uh, from, from the start, we knew that it was quite hard to maintain him uh, beyond uh, the season. So we're glad that he did have a, a great season. He did win the expectations. Uh, it's time to leave. It's always hard to say goodbye to top quality players. And uh, in sporting in recent seasons, we did have a few, very few players did reach the brilliance of uh, Pablo Sarabia. Uh, I believe that we do not have money to buy him. Uh, fair enough, even our manager stated uh, same situation as João Mario last season. We all wanted him to stay. It was not possible. He left, he won titles. Uh, now time to move on. With Sarabia, I feel pretty much the same. He did help us in many occasions. He, he gave us the League Cup win versus Benfica, uh, which is an element that we will never forget, his brilliance throughout the season. Now, uh, considering his price tag, his wage, uh, his age as well, uh, he's not so young, he's 30 years old. So I believe that, yeah, we should just let him go and move on. With regards to the solution for next season, uh, we should add a player. Uh, we do have good academy players, such as Jenny Katamo or Joseph Fernandes, but they are different style of uh, Sarabia. So is Giovanni Cabral, which is a player that you'll appreciate, as you really know. Uh, I still believe we should get uh, a player if that will be Francisco Tricão, that would please me a lot. I am a great fan of abilities of Francisco Tricão. Different player compared to Sarabia, but we don't necessarily need to have the same kind of player. Uh, two seasons ago, we had a different front three uh, with, with uh, Thiago Tomás, Pedro Gonçalves, and Los Santos Jovan. Last season, we did change. And next season, we can change again. So that, that would not be a problem. On top of that, we also need to sign a striker, uh, at least a very least one striker, because Slimani uh, is not part of the plan. Uh, Thiago Tomas will remain playing in Stuttgart, which is a decent decent option for him, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm actually curious to see how we will move in the market, whether Trincal any other good player will join the squad. Absolutely. I'm also curious what, what's going to happen with the center forward area. Um, I think that they will sign someone, uh, considering the fact that Islam Slimani will not play another game for Sporting after falling out with Ruben Amorim. Uh, considering the fact that Paulinho has, frankly, you know, he has not delivered the season. Rodrigo Rivero, very talented youngster, uh, will he, you know, will he get the chance to compete for a starting spot without a signing? I, I'm not sure, but uh, I do think that he will be getting more minutes at next season. He's, he's shown a lot of quality recently, so uh, definitely one to look out for. Um, we've got a few questions for you, Monique, from from our listeners, and uh, let's let's get to a few of them. One one question okay. from OVCE30: What are your thoughts on Matheus Nunes? Um, uh, yeah, what 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 have you made of Mateus's performances in midfield for Sporting? Mateus Nunes uh, is a player that started to play for Sporting regularly two years ago, exactly during the uh, 
pandemic period uh, is a player that impressed me so much. I was not expecting such rapid development uh, with Sporting. Uh, after we have heard that Jomaru uh, leave the club, many of us expected Daniel Bergansa to be uh, the next man to play with uh, Paulinho. However, Matheus Nunes quickly changed all the expectations and secured a place in the lineup. It's true that as the season was going, uh, as the match were playing, he did have a, poor, a run of poor form. Fair enough. It also happened last season with him and uh, with other players. Uh, I'm not quite sure how to, how to explain that. Maybe it's uh, just a general sign because uh, we know that this second lap sporting didn't do so well as the first. We, we dropped two, way too many points. Um, I just believe it was a collective collective, um, uh, collective decrease of, of, of quality and form. And Matej Nunes uh, is a player that gained a place in the national team. So he definitely has a different, a different level, a different statue compared to uh, last, last season. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I, obviously, I think Saravia will return to Paris Saint-Germain. Um, amongst, talking about other players who, who could leave Sporting, I think that the four big names this summer for me are Gonzalo Inacio, Pedro Porro, uh, obviously Pedro Porro just signing a permanent deal with Sporting until uh, 2025, but still see him potentially getting moved. Joao Paulinha and Mateus Nunes. Let's talk a little bit about Inacio. We've got a question from Luis Roj on Twitter. He heard that Manchester United are after him, but never watched him play. You know, can he make that same uh, same evolution that Ruben Diaz has done at Manchester City? What What do you make of Gonzalo Inacio? Is he ready for that move? In my opinion, in my opinion, he's not ready to 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 Man United. He still has to improve some of uh, the comp components of his game. He's quite different than, than Ruben Diaz. He's better with the ball. He reads the game in a different way. Um, however, Ruben Diaz, when he got transferred to Man City, he had uh, he was an international for Portugal. He was playing along Pepe. Uh, he did play uh, Champions League football with Benfica. Inacio is, is a promising, promising player. However, he's not ready to, to the move. He, uh, he, according to my opinion, and he does is not worth uh, forty millions that people are, are mentioning right now. I like him as a player. I want to see him playing for Sporting one more season at least, and perhaps I would like to see also how does he do playing uh, with just uh, a man with him because now he always plays with two centre backs, and we know that it's different to play with three center backs with, with two center backs with the left back close to you the left back uh, or the right back far from you so i would need to see in a different context to evaluate the full potential of inacio however uh, do not take me wrong i am a i'm a great i'm a great uh, fan of uh, gonzalo inacio I, I share your opinion. I've said before, I think out of the four players that I just mentioned, Gonzalo Inacio is the least ready for a move. I'm not sure how he does, you know, in a more physical league, 
like the premier like the premier league um and i'm not sure how well he does playing in a in a back four rather than a back three he he has a lot of quality don't get me wrong um but he has also been quite error prone this season and i do feel like uh he needs another year before he's ready for that kind of move and and for me that should be the sweet spot for sporting you know they lost two starters uh in the past in in the last summer window right with nuno mens leaving on the deadline day and joao mario leaving as well um i think that two two or one should be the sweet spot so you know sell sell paulinha sell mateus uh and bring in some quality reinforcements early on and and uh i think that could be a, a good strategy or you know potentially selling poro or ignacio personally though i think if if you had to ask me who who sporting sells this summer i would go with uh, mateus nunes and paulinha what about yourself Yes, uh, I I agree with you. If I had to sell, I would say Palinha because he deserves to to move to a better league. He did give everything to us. Uh, he's now 26, 27. So, yes, he's definitely ready to to move to uh, a top team in a top league. Matheus Nunes likewise. Uh his level has developed extremely well. In the last uh, 12, 18 months, he's now an international. So he is another player that who is also ready to go to a top team of a top league. Absolutely, uh, you know. So, so I, I think that will. I think we will see two sporting players leave, and I think it will be Matheus and Paulinho. We'll see what happens, though. Moving on to Sunday's action, uh, we had an interesting match between Braga and Famalicão. Um Braga, you know, they they just just a few weeks ago, um they were eliminated by Rangers in the uh in in the Europa League quarterfinals. Um and obviously starting the month of April with a 3-2 win against um against Benfica. Since that 3-2 win, they had not conceded a goal in their in their following Uh, league matches since the start of April. In fact, the three goals that they had conceded uh were all against Rangers. So I know you 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 are a you are a Rangers fan. You're born in Guimarães. Um but curious what what did you what what did you make of that game between Braga and Rangers? Uh was were there any mixed feelings for you or not really? Well, that game I was uh, I was supporting Rangers. Uh, I I had the, the chance to to watch both games uh, in person because uh, I, I was uh, the translator for that time. I did the, the press conferences and the communication. So for me, it was a delight to work and to have the pleasure to watch in such uh, phenomenal atmospheres, especially Ibrox, which is mental. Um, So not no mixture of feelings. I, I wanted Rangers to win versus versus, versus Braga. Um, with regards uh, the defensive behavior of Braga, it's easy for me to explain this. Uh, the return of uh, David Carmo uh, is momentums, and it explains the the great improvement of Braga record uh, of that sector. Carmo is a player that is always active on the pitch. Is always uh, Talking to his teammates, correcting uh, his positions, uh, he is dominant. 
he he scored in Glasgow, I believe. Uh, in Portuguese league, we did see on these games versus uh, Porto, versus uh, Vizela and so on that he's uh, same is on the same standard that he was before his uh, horrendous injury, and that was a fact of concern because. It was a quite serious injury and he is so young. So after a surgery, we always have some questions about how will the player be back in action? And David Carmo did brilliantly well uh, this end of season and he's a uh, top, top player for Braga. Carmo been really important for sure in Braga's defensive uh, in, in their impressive defensive form in recent weeks. But Braga, nevertheless, losing 3-2, to Famalicão, a lot of you know questions. Would Ricardo Horta score in what what could be his final game uh, for for Braga? He made it four in a row, and he became Braga's all-time leading scorer ahead of a summer that could very well see him move to Benfica. And and yet, you know, Braga taking the lead, uh, take, going up two nothing via goal from Vitinha within eighteen within uh, nineteen minutes, and and it looked like they could have added added a third, and yet. Somaliko getting a goal before halftime, ending up winning 3-2 thanks to a phenomenal performance from Simon Bonza. Uh, curious what you made of this match and what have you made of Bonza's first season in Portugal? Uh, this match, uh, I was expecting to be that way because Famalicão uh, is a little town of the district of Braga. And as you know, uh, I, I'm from Guimarães, so Guimarães, Famalicão, Braga, we are all neighbours. Uh, when it comes to these games, we all want to win. Uh, Famalicão fans are quite, quite, quite noisy. And yes, I was I was sure that this game would have uh, a lot of intensity, uh, many goals. So to see that it ended up in a 3-2, it was not a surprise. Uh, Simon Banza is a player that surprised many of us because he came from uh, French League, uh, from Racing Club Lens, and uh, he scored so many goals for for, for Malikau. Uh, actually, I think he's underrated because uh, people don't speak much about uh, his qualities. Um, it was a quite quite interesting game. I was not uh, expecting for Malikau to come back. Uh, I knew they would do everything to 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 win the match, but coming back that way was fantastic because Braga is a team that. As we, we did say, uh, Rangers was the only team that managed to score against them since April. And Famalicão, after starting the game losing, they, they came back uh, that way. It was quite, quite, quite amazing. Um, Ricardo Orta had uh, a day, a day not to forget. Uh, epic day for him to become the top scorer in the history of the club aged uh, only 27 years old. He's a hard-working player. Uh, he's a player that uh, has a sense of goal. He scores right foot, left foot, outside the area, inside. Uh, he's a player that having this time of his life at the moment, so goals just appear uh, all sorts of ways. So for him to see score at the first minute, he shows the unbelievable form that he is at the moment. He can score anytime, anywhere. Uh, the end of the game, we did see some some fights and some controversial uh, scenes 
which are not good and they change what was the quality inside the game but let's not talk about that either way uh, Braga did not end in the best possible way but at least Ricardo Orta managed to break the record and it was the last match as well of the manager Carlos Carvalho absolutely big final match uh, for Carlos Carvalho I, I think that uh, yeah I, I think that it's for me, he has had a very underrated spell at Braga. Just two years, but has done a very good job at the club. Final match of the Primera Liga season saw Vitoria taking on Gil Vicente behind closed doors uh, due to an incident dating back to January 2020. Um, for me, it's pretty ridiculous how the league decided to punish or allow Vitoria to use this punishment in a absolutely meaningless game. But, you know, whatever. I'm sure... I'm sure uh, a lot of people feel the same. Vitoria, on the other hand, uh, winning 5 nothing in a game that meant nothing uh, at all except for pride. Gil Vicente had already sealed fifth place in the prior week. And uh, Vitoria will need to wait for the Tasa of the Portugal final, see if Porto can beat Tondela. And uh, that by beating Tondela, they would effectively give uh, Vitoria qualification to the Europa Conference League. Obviously, Guimarães is your hometown. What have you made of uh, Vitoria in their first season uh, with Pepa in charge? Uh, underwhelming. Of course, underwhelming. Uh, they started the season in a perfect way, beating Lechons in the League Cup, playing lots of youngsters. People had uh, tremendous expectations uh, this season and after uh, failing to qualify to Europa. So this season, uh, Guimarães had no options to fail, and they fail again. Uh, somewhat, uh, this club uh, is lacking consistency. Um, absolutely underwhelming. Uh, all the fans are disappointing with this ending because uh, no Gimash fan wants to see the team uh, finish uh, uh, behind Braga, and on top of that, uh, they also finished uh, behind Gil Vicente. And uh, during the season, some momentous, uh, momentous matches where Guimarães could have done much better, and they didn't. And uh, this season, Guimarães didn't win uh, against uh, the big three. Uh, Guimarães lost uh, a derby to Vizela. Uh, they lost in a cup uh, versus Moreirense. Uh, these are the matches that the fans want to see Guimarães do well versus the big three and versus the neighbors and Guimarães failed to um, meet the expectations of the supporters and finished in the sixth place. Yeah, for sure. Disappointing sixth place finish. For you, if you're Vitoria's Guimarães, what are you changing? What what needs to change in order for them to, uh, you know, get back into the top five? Well, in my opinion, Guimarães must maintain everything because Every season we have been changing. Uh, Ivo Vieira left, Luis Castro left uh, in the last couple of seasons. So if you want to reach a certain level, you need some stability. If we change every season managers, uh, things will not go uh, as expected. I forgot to mention Thiago Mendes and also uh, João Henrique and uh, Bino last season. Last season, Guimarães had three, four different managers. Before that, uh, they changed Luis Castro, uh, and also uh, Ivo Vieira. So Guimarães needs some stability. Uh, Pepe should remain, 
in this position because we should allow him time to implement his process. He is a manager that showed that he has potential, he has qualities. So I believe that nothing should change. He should remain in place. And let's believe that next season, at this time, we're speaking about a different Gimaraj that will finish top four. Absolute pleasure to have you on, my friend. Uh, definitely give him a follow on Twitter, folks. He is a phenomenal uh, friend and a phenomenal an analyst of the Portuguese league. Thank you so thank, much. Thank you very much for your invitation. It was good to be here. Quartelinhas, anytime. Uh, wish you a great time as well. All the best. Um beijinho. <laughs> um abraço. Tchau, tchau, tchau.